the most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain, 1106 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Why do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. You know, we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts so you can be better informed to help make this a better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Welcome, Jamie. Hey, Herman, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Now, Hillary talks about Baltimore, but is she talking about those undisclosed donors to that foundation? Uh, no, she did not talk about that. She just gave a speech. I have to say it was uh, clearly her most in-depth speech that she's given of her uh, campaign, which obviously has not been going on uh, for that long at this point in time. She was uh, up at Columbia University in New York and laid out uh, a call for reform in the criminal justice system, which, you know, is something that's actually been embraced by both parties. She name-checked both Rand Paul and Mike Lee, two Republican senators, one of whom is running for president, Rand Paul, who have talked about the need to change things around and come up with some different kind of system, arguing that too many black men are being held in prisons. And uh, she also did get a little into the issue of Baltimore and the unrest there. She said uh, she urged calm and said, you know, violence is certainly not the answer. But she also uh, went into the same uh, sort of arena where we saw uh, remarks yesterday by President Obama in touching on the issue of police misconduct. As Hillary Clinton said, from my notes here, the patterns have become, it's quoting her here, unmistakable and undeniable talking about uh, uh, the possibility of police misconduct and I don't know if anybody follows me on Twitter at Jane Dupree the Baltimore Sun newspaper and I had not seen this before uh, just uh, yesterday about six months ago they did this huge story and investigation about allegations of police misconduct in Baltimore and all these examples of people who'd been beaten up by police and then in the end it was found that uh, nothing really had gone wrong these people had not been charged with anything and then the the Baltimore police had to settle and the amount of money that they have paid out in the last couple of years is almost six million dollars in the last few years wow. uh, from lawsuits claiming that police officers beat up suspects who were never charged with anything so they're clearly in these areas of West Baltimore and East Baltimore where the riots occurred this week and where they occurred, frankly, back in 1968 as well, uh, there is a lot more going on there than just issues about police misconduct. Right. But uh, she didn't talk about those undisclosed donors. No, she now, didn't get story, into any of the donation stuff or anything there. like yeah. that. And as we've seen, there was a big not. story we talked about yesterday with a list of all kinds of different groups uh, that contributed not only to the foundation but also registered to lobby the State Department during the time that she was Secretary of State. But no, this speech today was meant to just be on, again, I think this follows exactly what we're going to see. I w do not hold your breath if you think Hillary Clinton is going to speak about any of these things real I know soon. She's not. And, you know, that's the thing. And, and, and the Clinton, the, the sort of the, the game plan behind the scenes is to say that, uh, especially to take the, the words of the guy who wrote this book, 
to say that he can't connect the dots, to emphasize that, and to keep pushing all these stories away. And again, you know, I'll just say, as a reporter who's covered the Clintons for all these years, this is the usual way that these stories happen. They pop up, they look like a big deal, and then that last step just can't be taken to sort of nail it down. And it just sort of then wastes away for a little, and then it comes back up with another story, and then it fades away again. I don't know if that's what we're going to see here, but that's what this reminds me of. I know it does. What do you think about Bernie Sanders throwing his hat in the ring? Well, I mean, what's interesting about it is obviously I don't think anybody here believes that Bernie Sanders can win, uh, but can he push Hillary Clinton more to the left? I mean, I, I think that's something that people wonder. You know, uh, Bernie Sanders may exemplify sort of the uh, uh, the feelings of some people that they'd like Elizabeth Warren or just somebody else in the race that Hillary Clinton just doesn't excite them. Uh, so I'm going to be uh, interested to see what Bernie Sanders does in this and just how aggressive he is. I mean, you know, you can say you're running for president. You can show up here and there and make some speeches here and there. But are you going to do anything more than just sort of poke at Hillary Clinton? Or are you really going to go after her? How does he push her more to the left? Well, I, I think just by emphasizing, for example, the big issue right now is trade. And, you know, what will she do on this trade deal that uh, the president wants? Uh, re- uh, he, he's going to get a lot of support from Republicans to uh, press ahead with trade agreements with uh, Asian nations. A lot of uh, Democrats not pleased with this. And I think they're still waiting for Hillary Clinton to make a more definitive statement about what she would like to see in this deal and what kinds of things she would support and what she would oppose. And, you know, I, I think, listen, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of people on the Democratic side, and I know this will be laughed at when I say it, but they feel like Hillary Clinton is not liberal enough. Uh. So, you know, just as the Tea Party sometimes pushes Republicans to the right, I think there's a feeling uh, in some among some Democrats that they do need a voice like an Elizabeth Warren or a Bernie Sanders to push Hillary Clinton a little more to the left as well. I see. The gyrocopter guy is back in the news. Uh, yeah, this is uh, we're, ha- we're having a hearing this morning here about uh, the incident, which was what two weeks ago today is all it was when that postman from Florida landed that small mini helicopter on the lawn of the Capitol in what was what he said was a protest about campaign fundraising reform, but that really hasn't gotten much attention. So we all wondered at the time, and you know, I've said to you, I don't think this place is as secure in some ways, as a lot of people think it is in terms of airspace and more. I mean, I just have to think of security. The other day when, I didn't tell you this story, I brought one of my uh, kids to, to work last week on Take Your Kid to Work Day. Yeah. And, um, and so my six-year-old and I, we came in the Capitol. Everything was fine. We went down into the visitor's center, and I took him to lunch down there. And to get from the visitor's center back into the Capitol building, there's so many different ways you can go. But my, uh, my son saw something that he wanted to look at, so he came right up the middle where you have to show your ID and everything like that. And even though I have a legitimate ID to get in the building, the police wouldn't let me back in because they said my kid didn't have a, and, and a pass. A pass. And I said, he's six. He's here on Take Your Kid to Work Day. They said he needs a pass. I said, well, let me go to the press office, and I'll get him a pass. And the cop said, he's not a reporter. You can't take him. So they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> So I, not wanting to have a big fight with the police and et cetera, I just said fine. Because I knew there's all these different ways to get into the building from underground where you don't have to pass by a police officer. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to spell it out for a lot of people, but it's not that hard. Well, the same thing around here in terms of air security. We have an awful lot of eyes. We have a lot of people watching the radar. But what it boils down to in testimony that we've heard so far today is because this aircraft was so small, because it had no transponder on board, it really didn't. It really did, in a sense, fly "quote unquote" under the radar. 
Yeah. It when they went back, the FAA chief said they went back and they had one of their radar experts look at all the data, and they were able to say, yeah, there it is, but it only appeared sort of intermittently during the flight. And so it was able to come all the way down from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, all the way down to D.C., and then over, I guess, to the Potomac and right down the mall. Uh, there were police officers who did see it and notified uh, their their different uh, departments at the Lincoln Memorial, over by the Washington Monument. And then as it came down, uh, I guess a park police officer from the National Parks chased the thing down the mall in his patrol car and followed it all the way to the Capitol and arrived soon after it had landed just to check on it. Right. But the bottom line is they didn't really, you know, they didn't know it was there right. until it was almost here and landing. Now, officials from the Pentagon and from NORAD, which is the big uh, organization that watches radar and things of that nature, they didn't want to say too much in public. They said they were happy to talk about it in closed session, but didn't really go into it in open session. So the bottom line, yeah, uh, the, the review of the radar shows they could see it, but only intermittently, which of course raises to me issues about if you're able to put together something or some things, right. maybe, that can fly under the radar and not be detected, what that might mean in the future. That's not good enough. So now, were you and your son on the way back from lunch, or you were going to lunch? We were on the way back. Oh, See, down, so, he, uh, so the, he had eaten. Yeah, the, yes. Well, that was after we had been uh, refused entrance into uh, Speaker Boehner's uh, news conference. Oh, wow. Not because Speaker Boehner didn't want us there, but because my colleagues have set a rule that says no kids in the news conferences, in our big news conference, uh, press conference room. Really? Yeah, because uh, a couple of years ago, they didn't like that some kids were called on the, the then by Speaker Nancy Pelosi, oh. and they felt like that they weren't getting the chance to ask questions, so they barred kids. So we were barred at the door. I didn't make a stink about it. I guess I was in a good mood that day. <laughs> and instead, I, I took my kid, and we went out on the corner. I knew exactly where the speaker was going to come <clears> down there to go to the news conference. So we just staked him out in the hallway, and he got to meet the speaker on the way in. Very good. I'm glad he had a good day at work with Dad. That's, That's right. That That's is right. a good deal. Well, the Supreme Court hearings, when is the Supreme Court expected to deliver a decision on this gay marriage thing? I would think that we would get it uh, probably, uh, it might even be two months from today. The last Monday in June is the 29th, and usually the court wraps things up either that last full week in June or maybe it might leak over one or two days into the next week. So sometime in the next two months, I would think we would get the announcement from the U.S. Supreme Court on what they want to do. In many ways, Herman, uh, the, the arguments, I went back and listened to them. They actually released the audio, and if you're at all interested, you can go to the U.S. Supreme Court website and find it. Uh, to me, the, the, the expected happened. You had the more liberal wing on one side, the more conservative wing on the other. Uh, in the middle, Justice, as usual, the swing justice, Anthony Kennedy. And he wrestled openly at times with the changing definition of marriage. He wondered aloud if the U.S. Supreme Court was moving too fast to change it from just one man, one woman. Right. Uh, but he also gave hope to supporters of gay marriage in his later comments. To me, the most interesting thing of all came from Chief Justice John Roberts, who to me was openly floating a way to make a ruling, but not to, quote-unquote, change the definition of marriage. 
what the Chief Justice spoke about is for him, maybe this is not about the definition of marriage, but maybe about something much simpler, sex discrimination. Roberts said this, and this is a quote here, if Sue loves Joe and Tom loves Joe, Sue can marry Joe, but Tom cannot. So the difference, the Chief Justice mused, is based upon their different sex. One's male, one's female. So the Chief Justice said, why is that not a straightforward issue about sexual discrimination? Now, I'm not sure that the liberals on the court would want to agree to that because it wouldn't be a sweeping kind of judgment. But, you know, we have seen the Chief Justice find that middle ground before. Uh, So I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But a ruling most likely in about two months. Unbelievable. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. We'll see you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Herman Cain on the radio every day. Herman Cain on demand at HermanCain.com. Click, click on Cain 24-7. Coming up, rapid fire, 877-310-2100 on the Herman Cain Show.